Hello San Pedro Podcast, episode 34. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. everyone. Welcome back to the Hello St. Peter podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. So it is still the month of May and it is therefore still Mental Health Awareness Month. It was my goal this month to make sure that I had a few guests to really shed light on the issue and to, um, to possibly help us learn how to take better care of our own mental health. Um, The goal here too is also to reduce the stigma around mental health issues and um, reaching out to take care of your own mental health. Um, So I definitely was really excited when I got Rudy Caceres earlier this month and I mean what a wonderful story and um, what wonderful insight he's had on the subject. Um, Well this episode is no different in that sense because I have two wonderful women who have started an amazing therapy and healing practice here in San Pedro and um, we actually sat down for a very long interview I mean it was just so seamless I I mean a wealth of knowledge from these two women Um, so I'm actually just going to go ahead and introduce you to them our episode goes a little over an hour today Um, but I promise you it's worth every second of it Artemis Teigen is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Artemis earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in clinical psychology from Antioch University, Los Angeles. She's been working in the counseling field for 24 years and is a trauma specialist who is skilled in reducing symptoms associated with trauma, including depression, anxiety, relationship problems, and addiction issues. She works with children, adolescents, adults, and individual and family therapy using the latest research and practice-informed treatment interventions. Um, So Artemis is trained in somatic psychotherapy, EMDR, clinical hypnosis, mindfulness, dialectical behavior therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, pet-assisted therapy, and attachment-informed therapy. I'm not sure what all of these things are, but she does go into a lot of what the what her practice does. Um, she is currently working on her first book entitled I Am a Hero, a trauma recovery workbook for children. Artemis has been a resident of San Pedro for 20 years, and she's happily engaged in the mother of three therapy pups, um, as well as two Bengal cats. In her free time, she likes to take long bike rides in San Pedro and adjoining beach communities, and she is currently launching a teen support group with the overreaching goal of helping teens build closer bonds to create a stronger and safer community consciousness. Um, She believes that if we are energetically connected to one another and therefore each other have responsibility to be concerned about the other. so much great information from her and you can tell this is something she's incredibly passionate about uh the next one i'd like to introduce you to is donna colleen her business partner Donna Colleen has been a successful business owner in the city of San Pedro for over 15 years. Donna's highly inquisitive mind and natural gifts as an intuitive healer drew her into the healing arts many years ago. Over the last 20 years, Donna has immersed herself in the studying of hypnosis and is a certified hypnosis therapist. She is a Reiki master and more recently, she took an extensive training in sound therapy through the Vibrational Sound Association. The two women actually met through Donna's work as a hairstylist before she became fully dedicated to her work in the healing arts. Um, Artemis would get her hair done by Donna, and they actually started out as friends. The friendship soon evolved. They became very, very close friends, um, helping each other through a lot of personal um, you know, challenges. And pretty soon, that friendship had evolved into a very, um, a very special and successful business partnership and that's where they are now um so i hope you guys enjoy my interview with these two amazing women i'm i feel very honored that they have 
done their first podcast with me. <laughs> and I also feel very lucky as you know, part of the community that we have this amazing resource here in San Pedro. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and um, gain a lot that you can use in your own personal mental health journey. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm here with Artemis Teigen of the Artemis Center for Family Therapy and Donna of Healing Octaves, Vibrational Sound Therapy. Thank you both for joining me today. I'm I'm very excited to have both of you here. I know that you will enlighten all of our listeners. <laughs> so how are you today? Wonderful. I'm so excited, and I was just thrilled uh, to connect with you and do something like this. It's our first podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Shauna told me about you first, um, you know, from St. Peter's Day Magazine, and then I found out Ashley is a is a also works with you so small world that's yeah. very pedro absolutely <laughs> pedro um so both of you okay real quick i i i'm realizing that's the therapy center and this is the octaves well they kind of overlap yeah um so you know there's groups going on in this space there's also therapy going on in this space for example i have we have a total of five therapists so when they're doing a family session or have a real hyperactive kid, mm -hmm. they're going to meet in here. Right. right. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, glad that you consider the kids because yes, yes. kids are... And if I'm working <laughs> with trauma survivors, I might bring them in here, lay them down, and do some yoga grounding moves. Mm -hmm. I might do some breath work, which is real mm -hmm. foundational with working with trauma mm -hmm. to get them to learn how to breathe. Mm -hmm. I might use one or two of her bowls to help them learn how to stay present. Mm -hmm. So I'm in here now, now that we have the space, I'm in here at least two or three times a day, working mm -hmm. somatically, yeah. working with the body with trauma survivors. Okay. Yeah. And Donna, I saw all of your beautiful bowls, sound bowls, correct? Yes. Yeah. Thank so, you. I mean, this, I mean, from walking in, the moment I walked in, I could tell that this was a very healing space. It didn't feel like a doctor's office at all. I was expecting, you know, like a dentist kind of lobby, but it wasn't like that at all. And now we're in this beautiful room, um, warm lighting, and this wall of just ocean. It is so beautiful. Um, I'm very impressed with what you guys were able to create here. Thank you. I know it has Thank to be you. very healing and relaxing for your patients. It's fun to come to also, of just course. to be here yeah. and work together. Yeah, and we, we enjoy the work much more because mm -hmm. of creating this together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I did want to start off talking about um, both of your journey to, mm -hmm. to getting to this, you know, to starting your own um, practice here. Yeah. So, yeah. So Donna and I have been friends first for over a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, she, uh, I met at her salon. She was doing my hair. Um, that's her former incarnation yeah. uh, that she's <laughs> transitioning. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and just loved her immediately. And I remember um, <clears throat> d d developing a friendship with her over time as she was working on my hair. And I invited her over to a party, Fourth of July, and or something like that. And I remember walking her to her car and I said, I, I wanna be friends with you. I want you to be my friend. Yes. And she goes, okay. And we have been <laughs> ever know? since. And I just loved her that much. I was just like, I want you in my life and I, I wanna be a part of your life. And so we just mm -hmm. you know, gelled that way. I love yeah. when you find women like that. You know, you're like, yeah. uh, we need to be friends. Yeah, yeah, we need to be friends. <laughs> and, and we support each other tremendously. Mm -hmm. We're different enough to where we don't run into ourselves, mm -hmm. but we're, similar enough to where we support everything each other does. So it's a right. beautiful mm -hmm. partnership. Donna has been uh, kind of my um, go-to when I need advice and consultation mm -hmm. um, around business issues, but also when I've had really difficult times in my life. Mm -hmm. I just trust her very deeply and she's a very non-judgmental, non-critical person. Mm -hmm. And so it's she's kind of like, my therapist you know I have a therapist but she's kind of like my soul therapist mm -hmm. so when I've had really difficult stuff to get through she's walked through it with me bless her heart and it, sometimes it's been a long journey sometimes and I've I, held you through it oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> she's the in the trenches friend. Yeah, yeah you know my ass can completely fall off with her and you know mm -hmm. she'll just pick me back up mm -hmm. so we we have a very deep bond around the journeys that we've gone through when she lost her husband, mm -hmm. who we're, we're all friends, you know, I walked with her through that. Mm -hmm. So we've been through yeah, some- Yeah, you, you went on our honeymoon together. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 So we've been through some really, mm -hmm. um, uh, I would say, 
difficult life passages together and mm-hmm. grown as women together. And I've always admired Donna's um, business acumen. She's an awesome entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. so, you know, even when we weren't thinking about collaborating as business partners, I always admired how she handled things and how she, we had a lot of commonality in terms of managing your business and being a good leader and, you know, being a good boss to your employees mm-hmm. and making money and mm-hmm. <laughs> having a beautiful space. So we've always had a lot of um, commonality in that way. And I think ultimately it brought us together when we, um, I was looking to expand mm-hmm. and hire more therapists. Um, and she was looking for space and I was wanting to encourage her because mm-hmm. she'd had like uh, 20,000 certifications and trainings, like years and years and years of training years. in terms of... And I was working um, out of the house. For sound therapy and okay. Reiki yeah. and hip, hypnosis. I mean, she was like moving up to a level where I was like, wow, you know, you could maybe work with some of my clients. Mm-hmm. And then she started practicing some things on me with hypnosis mm-hmm. and with sound therapy. And I, and I didn't actually consciously think I, I want to partner with her, but we were at um, the San Pedro restaurant when it was still open. And I said, why don't we go look for space? (laughs) Remember we were sitting there talking, I said, you know, I'm tired of working out of the house. Yeah. So I don't like keeping my house clean all the time. And I was, people were coming and going and coming and going. I go, I don't like the energy. I think I'd like to, and you're like, me too. So we we left San Pedro restaurant. We started walking up 9th Street. And we just started looking, you know, we were over there across the street, and we're up there at Weymouth Corners, and, we're looking and all this stuff, and then I remembered that a cousin of ours is, is Henry Falkenstein, who's mm-hmm. like a huge property owner in San Pedro, and I was mm-hmm. like, let's call Henry, and she's friends with Henry, and so he connected us with this. It was mm-hmm. the first place we looked at, and I immediately liked it. And this was the first place you looked at? This was at? the first yeah. place. Wow. I mean, that we actually got into it mm-hmm. We were like yeah. knocking on doors and peeking in windows that right. night. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first one you really but looked at. Yeah. He showed yeah. us four places, and this was yeah. one yeah. we just, yeah. like, we can do this. Oh, it, it feels so wonderful yeah. in here. Yeah. yeah. The space is, like, incredibly cozy and yeah. bright, a lot of yeah. natural light. He's such a sweetheart. He's come to every opening we've had. He's come yeah. to everything that we've done. Oh he gosh. shows up because yeah. he's landlord, so supportive. Um, uh, Peter Hasdevac, uh, he's a, a, a real estate agent. Um, Super flexible, mm-hmm. pretty much lets us do anything we want, yeah. um, even if he doesn't want us to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Super chill. Um, so, yeah, he he's been very supportive and very like, okay, girls, you do you do what you want to do, and yeah. just lets us do it. So that that worked out beautifully. So we found the place and we moved in in July, mm-hmm. and you know, without really thinking of a business plan or that we were going to collaborate, we just started collaborating. Wow. Yeah. So it just kind of like came together naturally. Yeah, it, it was yeah. very synchronistic. It and things l- happen like that for us. It's very mm-hmm. synchronistic. Yeah. That's when you know. Yeah. yeah. That's when you know yeah. it's a good move. Um, yeah. I have to, I, I'm imagining that looking for a place is probably like one of the most exciting things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you're thinking of your business and, you know, yeah. making it come to fruition. Well, we knew when we first found the space next door that it was a little tight and we were going to do a major renovation and then we didn't. We just backed up and did a little bit of moving a couple walls and stuff. And I think maybe we just thought maybe something will pop, and then these guys gave notice. Wow. And we and, were like, oh, that's perfect. And we also knew we only needed, we only had a year's lease. So mm-hmm. we figured after a year, we could regroup if we needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we, something didn't open yeah. up, and I wasn't here full time, so it was okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and this kind of allowed Donna to begin to transition as a, a stylist mm-hmm. and consolidate her business and move into this without a whole bunch of pressure on her, mm-hmm. right? And it allowed me to kind of, you know, regroup. And I said, okay, so if we expand, I'm going to hire more therapists, mm-hmm. which I did. Mm-hmm. So now we have uh, a psychologist on board. We have somebody who um, also deals with eating disorders, addictions, couples work. Um, we have um, my colleague Robin Kim who does um, trauma-based work. And these are all women who have their own practices but have come here because we have a really big referral source. We're constantly getting referral okay. sources. Yeah. Um, so I have a good reputation in San Pedro, and I'm connected with a lot of the psychiatrists and doctors and pediatricians, mm-hmm. chiropractors, so more than I can handle. Mm-hmm. So that's why we built the practice up. That's a good problem to have, right? It's a quality problem. <laughs> yeah. Quality problem. Your reputation is so great, so you yeah. just got too much business yeah, we, going on. Yeah, we rarely need to market. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, to sound conceited, but... You know, I've been here since 99. I, I consider this, you know, my home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived here longer than I've ever lived anywhere else, and I adore San Pedro, mm-hmm. you know. So 
Um, I think when I initially started, I went out of my way to meet doctors and to go with some of my patients. For example, I had a stroke patient who really couldn't communicate what was going on, so I went with her to meet her psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of relationships developed over time, and so now there's a really steady stream of referrals. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In fact, you were referred to me. I mean, you know, yeah. for the podcast, yeah, yeah. that your mm -hmm. work is definitely spreading your what yes. you're doing here. Um, I wanted to talk about basically everything that you offer here, and um, you know what you'd really like to to see change. You know, for for young people, or you know what your what your concerns are. You know, yeah. so. <clears throat> As a trauma specialist, um, I see all ages. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, you know, as young as you know, one or two years old, and I've seen um, seniors as old as in their 80s mm -hmm. who are transitioning into maybe a higher level of care and who are going through maybe their own kind of depressive episode because maybe like I have a lady who lost her partner after like 60 years, mm -hmm. a huge loss, absolutely, you know? and then to have to be in a whole new different living situation, you know, so all ages. Um, the emphasis is trauma, so we may be seeing people who have a history of child abuse, sexual abuse, rape. Um, I have seen people who are veterans of war. Mm -hmm. I've seen people who have had um, catastrophic injuries, um, people who have gone through devastating breakups and losses. Mm -hmm. um, more recently, <clears throat> I'm getting folks who are dealing with more kind of trauma in the culture around political corruption, terrorism, mm -hmm. school violence. I've seen a lot of people from the Las Vegas shooting. That's something mm -hmm. I want to talk about. Yeah, I want to wow. talk about, yeah. It uh, spreads. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I, then, I knew a friend um, who was actually there as well, and he's, he's yeah. been one of the the most active like on on social media about yeah. what it's done and what it's right. done to right. everyone that was affected yeah and quite often I will see clients because of trauma over many years mm -hmm. that's not how I plan it mm -hmm. but quite often people will come in for wanting to deal with their history of trauma uh, usually from childhood mm -hmm. and or domestic violence types of issues Maybe they'll see me for a year or so, and then they'll transition out, and they may come back mm -hmm. and kind of get spot checks, or maybe a new situation shows up, like the shooting, and they mm -hmm. come back in. Or maybe their young child, who I saw as a youngster, is now a teenager and having drug and alcohol issues. Mm -hmm. So I often will see people over many years. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they trust you so much. They do. <laughs> so um, in terms of the treatment approaches, um, so we are working really hard to be innovative and progressive. I'm always trying to be at the leading edge of trauma uh, treatment and intervention. So <clears throat> among other things, we do um, somatic work. We do cognitive behavioral therapy. We do EMDR, which is a cousin of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. um, we do um, family therapy. We do clinical hypnosis, we do a lot of stuff around mindfulness, teaching people how to get centered. Mm -hmm. um, we do play therapy with children, we do assessment. So pretty much the gamut, it's very eclectic. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the approaches are informed by research, um, so I'm looking at pulling in information from the best of the best in the field, mm -hmm. people like Bessel van der Kolk, people who are trauma experts, and I'm pulling in that information, mm -hmm. the most current information, so that I can, again, you know, be really uh, cutting edge and, and right at the forefront of what's going to be most effective. And what we're learning mm -hmm. is that trauma is located in the body first. Okay. So you can't just come in and do talk therapy. You really have to be able to address calming the central nervous system. Uh. So we're looking at things like teaching people how to get grounded through yoga, teaching mm -hmm. people how to get grounded through use of the breath, mm -hmm. through use of sound therapy. Um, you know, that makes sense. And, I, and I'm connecting it to something that you said earlier when I was you know, being shown around. And I, I mentioned how zen <laughs> your space was. And you said you need to be relaxed in order to, to exactly. do that. And I, yeah. and I get it because in life we're not really relaxed, you know? Usually from the day-to-day -day we're just running around, we're going to work, we're, you know, 9 to 5 right. and in traffic. Right. And it's all, yeah. it's all stressful. So we're almost in a constant state of stress. And trauma survivors in particular 
are often at a much uh, more keyed up space. So they're hypervigilant, mm-hmm. they're tense, mm-hmm. they're breathing short and shallow, uh-huh. they're dumping cortisol and adrenaline at much higher levels mm-hmm. because they're much more keyed up because they're on guard. Yeah, they're on guard. And they've the been time. on mm-hmm. guard for so long, they don't know that they're on guard, mm-hmm. right? So just teaching them to drop their shoulders, right. teaching them to relax their jaw, yeah. teaching them to drop the breath down into the belly instead of the chest, mm-hmm. teaching them to feel what grounded feels like versus being way up here. Right. right? So uh, what's one of the nice things about working therapeutically is that you intuit a lot when people just walk in the room. You can sense energetically what's going on with Mm -hmm. them. So a session may begin with me with just doing some grounding. Let's just sit for a while. I might go get them some herbal tea. Mm -hmm. We might sit and do some breathing. We might sit down on the floor and get grounded Mm -hmm. so that they can actually engage in the work. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're just motoring through and they're not taking anything in. Right. Right. It's so important to feel safe. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel safe, you're not going to heal. Yeah, if you have your guard up, which is your guard is always up. Yeah, and the the conundrum in working with trauma survivors is that their guard is up for a reason, Mm -hmm. and so when their guard comes down, they don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. So that's a small, that's a a titrated process, a Mm -hmm. little bit at a time, because as you're teaching them to do a full belly breath, Mm -hmm. relax their body, they're feeling more and more vulnerable and less and less guarded, and stuff comes up. Right. Trauma stuff comes up, yeah. right? So I'm working to teach them, Donna's working to teach them how to move into a more relaxed state while also managing things like flashbacks uh-huh. and internal triggers that come up because now they're not so defended, mm-hmm. right? And, and adrenaline's not coursing through their body. So it's a very delicate balance. Mm-hmm. So as a therapist, you're watching what they're saying, but you're also watching all the nonverbal, what's going on with their body. Mm -hmm. If, as I'm teaching them to relax, are they also resisting, are they closing Closing up? And then I'm gonna maybe say to them, I noticed that as we worked on your breath that you started to uh, close off. What are you feeling right now, Mm -hmm. right? What's going on? Well, I'm not sure. A lot of times people are dissociated. They're out of their bodies. They don't know, so we're gonna work on grounding. Mm -hmm. So a lot of tools happen first before we ever talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. And we're only going to talk about what happened historically as it relates to what's going on right now. So I'm not going to trudge through all of their trauma history just to have it on a piece of paper. I'm going to say to them, now we have some tools to help you. So what's going on in your life that's not manageable? Mm -hmm. And typically it's something like, I can't be sexual with my partner, Uh or we're fighting all the time because we just moved in, Mm -hmm. or I'm lashing out at my children, Mm -hmm. right, Um, if you grew up with domestic violence. So I'm going to start from there and work backwards. Mm -hmm. Well, when do you remember first feeling this way, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a counterintuitive approach, but it seems to work well for people who are defended in that way. Right. You have to go slowly. I can see how this is very valuable for even non-trauma mm-hmm. patients. Yes, sure. Absolutely. Because I'm starting to like connect things, you know, even yeah. just in my own recent history. And yeah, yeah I, I think that there's a huge value with really taking taking a look at yourself this right. way. And, um, and yeah, these services are incredibly valuable, I can see. And now we have clients who are training us and they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, Okay, so next week, I want to see Donna first, and then I'll see you. And I'll be like, no. She'll work with them. She'll work with them. She'll work with them for an hour, and then they come to me, and it makes my job so much easier. So they're already relaxed oh, and, like, yeah, opened up and guards yeah, down. they're guards the down. Yeah. So now yeah. we can gently get in there and go, okay, what's going on this week that's mm-hmm. messing you up? You know, I've mm-hmm. got one client, history of sexual trauma, um, Tons of panic attacks, doesn't want to go anywhere, everything's scary. Uh So I drove with her to her doctor's appointment and taught her to remember how to breathe, Mm -hmm. just keep breathing, Mm -hmm. right? And that was hugely meaningful for her, small thing, right? Mm -hmm. Unorthodox, but she talked about that to everybody. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad glad that was useful, right? So I'm gonna do She talked about learning how to breathe. She talked about (laughs) me going in her car with her to her doctor's appointment, right? And and helping her to breathe, right? Mm -hmm. So things like that that seem so simple Mm -hmm. for people who aren't dealing with panic are a huge, you know, mountain for other people. And just to go with somebody and to hold their hand and say, I got you, Yeah, fine, we're gonna do this, you know? I remember one of my first, um, you know, postpartum, 
you know, appointments with my son, and it was it was a breastfeeding, you know, up and down roller coaster for me. Ooh, yeah. And I remember I had one of my friends come with me because I already felt like I didn't. I couldn't handle the appointment. And sure enough, I could not handle the appointment. <laughs> yeah. And and having her there with me to like kind of work with it was really valuable. So yeah. yeah. I it's like I can see that, you know, when it comes to mental health, I think that society has it really backwards that you're either mentally ill or you're mentally well, you know, and you're like right. you're just this or that. You're and not, um, you're so not. Yeah, and it's like no, just like we all have our body that we need to maintain, yeah. you know, its health, we have our mind and sometimes we, you know, fall off the wagon and sometimes, you know what I mean, even with our I'm just seeing so many things that are just incorrect in the way we've viewed it for so long. Mm-hmm. I've realized, you know, that even though I haven't had any major traumatic experiences, I've still had experiences that have negatively affected me and probably right. haven't, you know, manifested well right. in my life, you know? Lots of folks um, think of trauma in very discreet ways, so they may think of trauma as physical trauma to Mm -hmm. the body, like a car accident. Mm -hmm. But this includes things like sexual trauma, betrayal, loss of a loved one, natural disasters, terrorism, Mm -hmm. environmental destruction, societal and government corruption, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And it can be different experientially for each person. Mm -hmm. So we're beginning um, in our field to expand the concept of trauma and think about what's post-traumatic stress disorder, what's complex trauma when there's been multiple traumas, mm-hmm. and looking at what are what manifests in individuals who have not had trauma addressed or have had it mishandled, which ends up looking like things like an existential crisis or a spiritual crisis, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, PTSD, complex PTSD, substance abuse, relationship problems, domestic violence, bullying, school shootings. These are all manifestations mm-hmm. of untreated or mishandled trauma. Right. So um, one of the things that um, you mentioned already and you just mentioned is um, school shootings. Yes. So we're seeing that number increase. It's really awful to see this happen so many times in our recent history. And we're not seeing any changes necessarily. So yeah. what are what are your thoughts on that? And I have so much. Um, it's soul killing as a, you know, as a species to be seeing what's going on. Yeah. One of the things mm-hmm. that's really the elephant in the living room that we're not talking about is the relationship between domestic violence and school shootings. So we know from research that domestic violence is one of the strongest predictors of violent recidivism, so repeating violence. We know that if you grew up with domestic violence, you're 74% more likely to commit a violent crime against someone else. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the disconnect that happens. Yes, there's an issue with guns and gun control, but much earlier on, Mm -hmm. right, we need to be looking at identifying individuals who are more at risk. So if a child is growing up in a home where there's domestic violence, he's much more likely to bully or be bullied. Mm -hmm. And then he's much more likely to become ostracized. Mm -hmm. And then he's at much higher risk for substance abuse and alienation. Mm -hmm. And then he's at much higher risk for wanting to act out Mm -hmm. in an aggressive way. And if there's parental neglect, which is often the case with domestic violence, you've got a child who is who's dying to have attention, we are driven by the need for human connection. It is our most essential drive. If that's not going on, if the child reads the way that I'm gonna get seen is through violence, then you've created this whole scenario where a kid is gonna get a hold of a gun and create violence because nobody else is seeing me. Right, they're invisible otherwise. They're invisible. Right or hated, mm-hmm. right? So we, as a society, all have a responsibility to protect ourselves and each other. So when, you know, when we're looking at you know, what students can do, for example, students can notice when somebody's fallen out of the fray, somebody's depressed, angry, withdrawn, missing school. That could be a friend, it could be just somebody that you know at school, and mm-hmm. you can say something. Hey, teacher, hey, principal, hey, mom, mm-hmm. I noticed this kid at school. Oftentimes, kids will get re- red flags on social media about what's going on in somebody's head like that. They may post something 
we're seeing this much more often, you know, right. so as a prelude mm -hmm. to their violence. Mm -hmm. And so other students, other kids can say, hey, 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 red flag. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if it's a friend, you know, you can be interested and concerned, what's going on, right? Mm. Let's talk to somebody, right? Just something that small yeah. can change the direction of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And that could be that that individual who said something or did something ends up saving lives, mm -hmm. right? Ends up uh, telling an adult, a parent, a teacher, an administrator, a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. The teen support group that we're starting is a way, I hope, to communicate and disseminate some of that willingness to be proactive and protective and a little bit heroic, mm -hmm. not in a dangerous way, but to intervene much earlier. Much because earlier, in every right. single case, Amanda, every mm -hmm. single case, there mm -hmm. are lots of warning signs. Mm -hmm. People just decide to not take action, to not do something, to right. not say something. Right. But there are indicators of depression, anxiety, anger, withdrawal, substance abuse, mm -hmm. parental alienation, ostracism by other kids, there's always a pattern. Right. And usually these kids are posting on social media or writing about it in some way. We see this over and over and again from Sandy Hook, you know, to all of these kinds of shootings where mm -hmm. there's there's sort of a there's been a, a social yeah, they I've I've seen many times that they go into their social media posts prior to the event. Exactly. And exactly. it's looking back, it's right. like, oh, how did we miss this? As parents mm -hmm. You have a responsibility to look at what your kids are posting on social media, be curious, be nosy, get into their business, look at their phone, look at their and make, make sure that they're not involved in something dangerous, being pulled into something dangerous, or doing something dangerous. We have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. If we're going to give you know children high-powered computers to walk around everywhere that allows them to explore every part of the universe, we better take some responsibility for that, right? right, right. So I wholeheartedly encourage parents, look at the phone. Let them know you're looking at the phone. Monitor them. Track them. Know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Know where they're at. Know who their friends are. Mm -hmm. Know what their secrets are. Mm -hmm. Find out. Mm -hmm. Be interested. That's I'm important. Listening. Just be interested. Yeah, just be, be interested. interested. Just be interested. I mean, so many, so many kids enough. said, "My parent, my kid, my parents don't yeah. aren't interested in what I want to do." Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've heard that before. Even you know, growing up, that you know, my parents don't care. You know, yes. and and I, I was always like, huh, you know. And um, when I, when sometimes I, I hear it from teens that I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> of course they care. Right. But um, I understand it's different. You know, it's a different experience for them. Right. They're not mm -hmm. getting the type of attention or care that they right. crave. And I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression that I'm coming down on parents. I grew up. You know, with parents who work full time, my dad was in the military, so he was gone all the time. I'm mm -hmm. not, not. I don't want to give the impression that I'm judging. Yeah. What I am saying is, there are ways as a parent to be more proactive. Right? Mm -hmm. For example, when your kid comes home from school, make eye contact. Yeah. Just look at him. Mm -hmm. How you doing? Mm -hmm. Tell me about your day. Right. Um, don't rely on TV, video, and phones to babysit them. Mm -hmm. Have some. You know, have some time in the day, in the week, in the month where you cut all of that out. You know, mm -hmm. you have a, a no media day. Right. Right. Spend some time hug, hugging them, holding them. 90% mm -hmm. of the work that I do with problematic children is with the parent in the room. Mm -hmm. The parent is with me in the room. I'm modeling for them how to parent, mm -hmm. how to connect, how to hold your kid, mm -hmm. how to love them, how to be interested, mm -hmm. how to not get distracted. Mm -hmm. Because right. the, the parent might not have ever had it, so they don't know how to do it. Exactly. This is one of the things that I'm figuring out is that parents don't know. And I know this because I'm now a parent exactly. and I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I've been researching, you know, ways to, you know, I'm already researching a lot of parenting things. And I'm like, well, I wonder if my parents or parents before me, you know, like the generations before me, we, they didn't have access to the internet. They didn't, you know, nothing was that available. Mm -hmm. And... The, their parents before that, I mean, it was an entirely different era, you know, right. so you had right. expectations that were completely so different. So, you know, you had a working dad and then a, the mom in the home at all times, and yeah. then yeah. those are the parents that raised my parents, and now here I am, and you know. In, in our community in San Pedro, what I see a lot is a mother and a father who are working opposing shifts, longshoring. Uh -huh. So one's working nights, one work, yep. work, works days. That was my household. So that they can be available for the kids, <laughs> mm -hmm. but... 
then what happens is that the parents end up disconnecting. They're exhausted. They're not so. So then the 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 top structure of the family begins to kind of implode, mm -hmm. and it becomes problematic for the children because the parents are the top structure. They're yeah, the, if the parents the, are not on the same page, and if they're not mm -hmm. strong in their own right, healthy mm -hmm. mentally, and well rested, mm -hmm. they're not going to have the bandwidth mm -hmm. to take care of these kids, right? right? So one of the things I try to encourage parents to do if they have to overwork, and oftentimes longshoremen do overwork, they're working six and seven days a week because that money that they're making doesn't go as far as it used to. Mm -hmm. Their wages have not kept pace with what it costs to live in Los Angeles, for mm -hmm. example. So I'll say to them, really important to get your son or daughter involved in sports, drama, extracurricular activities, citizenship programs, ballet, karate, I don't care what it is, mm -hmm. <laughs> but get them involved in something so that they have some good structure outside of school. Right. And be interested in what their grades are because if your kids' grades are failing, it may be because they think that you're not interested. Right. right? That's mm -hmm. a huge predictor. Parents asking about grades, looking them up online, what's going on, knowing what's due becomes a huge way for your child to go, oh, well, maybe this is kind of important, mm -hmm. right? Okay, maybe this is a way my parent is going to tune into me. Mm -hmm. So be interested. Right? So um, I'm. I'm thinking of teenagers who are not interested in connecting with parents. They're very closed off. What yeah. then? <laughs> I'm like, how to? I'm like, I want all the steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So quite often there's been some kind of a disconnect long ago, mm -hmm. right? And, and oftentimes we're looking at a parent who, as Donna said, has not had good modeling mm -hmm. in their own right. So I might first work with the parent, mm -hmm. right, and sort of examine in what ways they're trying to interact when did the, the breach first begin and maybe go back and repair that breach first, mm -hmm. right? Oftentimes it's when a parent had to go off and go to work, right? And the, and the child felt disconnected, mm -hmm. right? Um, there wasn't enough time, right? So maybe going back and repairing that, or it may have been something more dramatic, like maybe the, the parent was using corporal punishment and then realize at some point that's not a great thing, but there's damage there, right. there's trauma there. So it's really important to go back to that original breach, that original injury, and repair it with them in session together. Mm -hmm. And then to let the teenager, through the therapist, guide you as to what level of interaction they might be comfortable with, because yes, sometimes it's this, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But if I can get them in the session together, there may be a small step, a mm -hmm. small connection. Just the parent showing interest in being in this therapy session can be very helpful. Yeah. But also, there could be a time where a parent's parent gets sick, and so the parents, the middle parent, is now taking care of the older parent, mm -hmm. and it takes far more time and energy, mm -hmm. so they don't show the attention to the child, and the child feels slight abandonment. Yeah. But or there are too many children in the home. Mm -hmm. Ideally, uh, for a mother to bond with their child, they need three years mm -hmm. of uninterrupted time with them. So if you've got... What a luxury. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you've got children close together, mm -hmm. and maybe you're also working, yeah. right, or doing whatever, that is going to interrupt mom's ability to really form secure attachment with that child mm -hmm. and so then we end up seeing kids who are shy shut down ambivalent angry right all kinds of stuff so some repair mm -hmm. with the attachment needs to happen mm -hmm. either with the biological mother or some other parental figure in their life mm -hmm. sometimes okay. it's a therapist yeah absolutely I see the value it's a huge already subject absolutely I'm, I'm just like uh, so many more questions <laughs> to go can, can go from there mm -hmm. um, actually we're already at 30 minutes but I want to take a quick break for the, okay. our sponsor and when okay. we come back I really want to hear a lot more specifically what we could do for our own mental health okay. um, yeah so I'm looking forward to it this episode is brought to you by crypto space San Pedro's one and only cryptocurrency lounge Learn more at CryptospaceUS.com and definitely follow them on Instagram at Cryptospace.us. Okay, so in the second half here, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we can take care of our own mental health and make sure that we're, we're doing well. And what are some red flags to look for? Like, oh, I'm not okay. What's going on? Really good question. So, awesome question. So red flags, um, and I see this with other therapists too, um, so you might see fatigue, exhaustion. Um, they become increasingly um, disinterested in things that they used to be interested in. Um, agitation, irritability, um, snapping, 
being grouchy, mm -hmm. not sleeping well, eating too much, eating too little, drinking too much, all of these are red flags. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the first sign becomes kind of an irritability, a grouchiness mm -hmm. um, when we're starting to overdo. And, you know, people like us um, are certainly, you know, at high risk for that because, you know, we're hard charging and entrepreneurial. And so it's easy to redline before mm -hmm. you know it. Um, one of the things um, for therapists and others is to work towards having a work-life balance that makes sense. So put some focus and attention on, do I need to work these many hours? Are there areas where I can reduce costs so that I can have more quality of life? This was a big shift in my practice. When I was a little bit younger, working up at Weymouth Corners, I was seeing 40 clients a week. And people oh. were like, what are you doing? Wow. Yeah. Right? Had tons of energy. You know, I'm, I'm an ADD kid, so I have lots of energy. But uh, at some point, you will quickly start to, you know, be less effective. Mm -hmm. And so I started to scale back. I had a really traumatic accident, um, broke my pelvis on both sides, oh. was in a wheelchair for six weeks and had to learn to walk again. Oh and that was a life changer for me, um, both existentially, like, okay, what's really important in life, mm -hmm. right? And how do I want to live my life? Mm -hmm. And I shifted from being really a workaholic to I really want to enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. And so I went through many changes at that time um, and relocated and you know, the changes in my relationship and scaled back to a much more reasonable caseload. So it ends up being 25 clients a week. Wow. Um, yeah. Almost half. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually making more money because I adjusted some of my you know, income and cash and insurance. So it, it wasn't a huge loss of income. And I really made the priority um, more my health and my wellness. Mm -hmm. um, because especially as a trauma therapist, you can burn out. You can absolutely burn out at an early stage. And I don't want to do that. I want to be effective for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So work-life balance. How much am I working? Do I need to work this much? Can I adjust how much I'm working so that more emphasis is on exercise and wellness and health. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, if you've got traumatic stuff, depression, anxiety that's going on, seeking out health, either through a therapist, a religious spiritual leader, um, other kinds of practitioners, naturopaths, healers, all become important ways. I'm a huge advocate of, of exercise. It's one of the things I brought into my own life. I have a trainer who sees Mark and I three times a week, and I'll tell you what, sometimes I do not want to do it, mm -hmm. but she shows up at my house, I'm like, hi, Carla. <laughs> and I do it, mm -hmm. and I feel better, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm so lazy, I wouldn't, I mean, as far as exercise, I'm a Libra, I don't want to exercise, right? Yeah. So I don't want to go to the gym, you know, but I like being outside, so mm -hmm. we run around the park, and you know, she gets me mm -hmm. going. And so I've made that super important in my life. I want to focus on that, I want to spend the money on it, and I want to make sure that I'm doing that because my mm -hmm. health is important. If I'm not healthy and strong, I can't do the work. Mm -hmm. Right, um, that's so true. It, being good about you know doctor's visits and knowing where you're at with your you know metabolics, you mm -hmm. know where, where, where are my labs at, right? So how am I doing physically? <clears throat> Having a good uh, two or three people in your life that are confidants that you love and trust. Donna and I have Girls Week just about every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we, we might talk business, but a lot of times we're just like, we watch a movie. Watch a movie or processing <laughs> or whatever. I go for a walk. We've gone dancing, you I know, shoot pool. I completely get that. I just told my husband, you know, um, that I was like, you know, I really miss my friends. I don't, you know, we're all adulting now. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so mm -hmm, I have my son and mm -hmm. working nine to five, and I rarely see them. I rarely see them. Yeah. So you only have those occasional texts, you know. Right. One of my best friends is across the country, so we're just getting random texts here and there. And right. usually it's like when we're in the, the middle of like a, a meltdown, you know. Yes. So mm -hmm. it's like we should, we could have probably prevented these meltdowns if we right. had more like ice cream girl yeah. nights, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like letting the the steam off of a pressure valve each week. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, okay, we're good now. We can go out and do our thing. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. yeah. We committed so, to each other seven years ago to have yeah. a girls' night one night a yeah. week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and we've we've yeah. been really good at that. And sometimes it's an hour and a half. Sometimes it's five hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just depends, right? Sometimes that girls' yeah. night happens on Friday yeah. afternoon. Right, right, right. exactly. <laughs> Just yeah. we commit to spend time right. together every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the it's. It's obvious here what you're saying is the value of friendship is just... Super important. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
the most essential thing that any human being can do is to connect with another human being. Um, it is our most basic drive. Mm -hmm. And when we're disconnected, we become mentally and spiritually sick. Mm -hmm. So we need to have at least a couple of people in our lives that are solid, that are really people that we feel safe with and can connect with and open up with mm -hmm. and explore things with. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, um, bringing in things like meditation, daily exercise, breath work, um, learning how to dump things mentally that are you know bugging you and, and learning how to process. However you do that, it can be in therapy, it can be a journal, it can be talking with friends, but that you're you know letting that valve open, letting the pressure off, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that you're more mentally and physically fit. You know? I wasn't sure what you meant by mental dumping, but you meant like you meant like get it out somehow. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I might process with her, you know, something difficult that happened, or you know, like right before we started today, I was a little irritated with somebody. <laughs> we'll say who. So I like. She's like, I got you. Okay, we're fine. We're now we're gonna shift, right? Yeah. I know exactly you know? where you're at. I've right. been there. Got it. Okay, let's move on. I might have my clients put a journal next to their bed and say, okay, so all the stuff that runs through your mind at night, you're gonna contain it in mm -hmm. the pages of that journal, dump it there, and then if you want to, the next day you can come back and reuse it, but you've dumped it there. You don't need to do anything. Or you come into therapy and you dump it with me, right? Mm -hmm. Or you in some way dump that if maybe it's energetically you know mm -hmm. maybe you're a runner you know maybe you're a swimmer maybe you're an artist or a poet right, right? and you can process that way mm -hmm. but but to move that energy around right mm -hmm. and to not assume that you can sit on top of week after week after week of stressors undealt with and be healthy you can't be mm -hmm. you need to be able to process stuff right? yeah so the physical the mental equally important quite often when I'm working with people who are depressed I'm really going to put a lot of emphasis on being outside. If they can't exercise, I'll say then you need to sit out in the sun for a few minutes. It's going to elevate your um, mood. It's going to help process that vitamin D. Just being in the sunshine and a little bit of that breeze and in nature will help elevate the mood. Being around animals helps elevate It's nice the to mood. hear you confirm that because, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people feel, I feel, like when it's really gloomy, I, I just like, I'm in the... Mm -hmm. Really, I don't feel like doing anything. That's why we all want to stay inside and with our blankets. You know, mm -hmm. we're just not motivated to go out and right. see the world. Um, I had a friend who moved to um, Portland for a little while, and she called me so many times, up, you know, just upset, like a meltdown all the time. Um, and because she's from sunny Wyoming, <laughs> right. yeah. so yeah. it was a huge, yeah. it was a huge like adjustment for her and. Mm -hmm. They eventually moved back to Wyoming, so okay. they're happy. Yeah. But yeah, I it's, it's where you live at is a big part of your energetic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I moved from the mid cities to the beach, I became a different person. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I was locked into an inner city. Mm -hmm. It was a nice city. Cerritos was a beautiful area, mm -hmm. but when I came to the beach for the first time, I'm like, I'm home, mm -hmm. and then I moved here, and I, I'm not leaving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the beach area. Mm -hmm. It's a different energy. Yeah, yeah. I feel, um, I, I mean, even yesterday, just coming home, um, I, I saw the beautiful ocean. Like, it was early in the morning when I came back to my house, and it was actually, like, you could see Catalina perfectly, and it was in morning light, and I never get to do that. Yeah. I had taken yesterday off, so I dropped off my son, but I had to do more things at home, and um, I was like, wow, the morning is beautiful here in San Pedro. Cool. It is gorgeous. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So. Paradise. Mm-hmm. About once a month, I will try to do something special for myself, whether it's doing a sound therapy session with her, or we might go to Kathy Wolfram's uh, uh, full, moon meditation, full moon meditation, or, moon. Right? Mm -hmm. or some kind of yoga, breath workshop. Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to do something once a month that's uh, progressive, that's health and mind, body oriented, but that's a little, a little different than you know, talk therapy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's always a really good reset for me. So I encourage people to be curious and to be interested in alternative approaches. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's, you know, we're in Los Angeles. We're in like the, the hotbed yeah. of alternative <laughs> healing and approaches. Mm -hmm. So, right. you know, you're in the, the best place in the world mm -hmm. to discover new, new ideas mm -hmm. and what works for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, speaking of, can we talk a little bit more about the, you know, healing of, of sound? Yeah. Yes, actually, I'd love to talk about that. Um, when I do a session for people, they actually lay on a massage table. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's a heated massage table. And the bowls actually lay right on their bodies, unless for some reason they're uncomfortable with that, and then they'll lay around the bodies. Mm -hmm. But like Nikola Tesla says, 
if you want to find the secret of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Mm -hmm. You know, our bodies are, are full of liquid. We're, and all our organs are full of liquid and everything. Mm -hmm. So when you feel a vibration go through the body, mm -hmm. it deeply goes into the body. Mm -hmm. And when the body can heal, and the body can relax, that's when healing can happen. Mm -hmm. So to just lay there, it's one of those things you just have to experience it. I, I can't talk enough about how good it feels. Mm -hmm. You just have to feel it. So it's just, I'll actually, I have bowls at home, I have bowls here. I'll do a session on myself if nobody's available to do one for me. My dear sweetheart, Steve, is learning how to do them and he's learning Reiki work and he's learning energy work. So he comes to me and says, let me help you. Yeah. And I lay down and he works me because I need it as well. Right. And now there's yeah. a lot of current research on the efficacy of sound therapy that we're learning about yes. that I didn't even know about until Beautiful more recently. research. Just mm -hmm. wonderful stuff. There's article after article after article um, that uh, there's just so many tools that people can have. Mm -hmm. There's, um, I have one here that I'm looking at to where there were 62 men and women around 50 and they went through a sound therapy mm -hmm. together, the, the bowls, the meditation bowls. And they came out of it feeling less stress, less anxiety, more spiritually balanced, mm -hmm. just all over, like they got this, they can do it, they can move forward. Right. And the research just keeps pouring in on all, and it's just not necessarily the bowls, vibrational sound of tuning forks, of gongs, right. of, and I have, all, <laughs> I have all these wonderful tools, I mean, mm -hmm. I love buying instruments, so I have a whole bunch of them, but I have a 32-inch gong. I have a little baby gong. I have, <laughs> you know, tuning forks that I'll, I'll put around you as well. I got a big giant crystal tuning fork that's just magnificent. Mm -hmm. And all that vibration, because we spend so much time in our head, my role that I like doing is get you out of your head and get you back into your body. Right with breath work and mm -hmm. stuff and it's because our bodies are largely composed of water yes it conducts the vibration of sound to the body beautifully mm -hmm. right so it's not just the sound that you're hearing but the vibration yeah and quite often for my patients who are traumatized that vibrational energy moving through them in this beautiful soothing way mm -hmm. calms the central mm -hmm. nervous system lowers blood pressure, mm -hmm. right? lowers respiration, stops the dumping of cortisol and adrenaline in, the, in the, the body. And we know also that it can be a great preparation for pre and post surgery. Mm. Absolutely. That's another wow. kind of trauma. I've yeah. actually taken my bowls into hospitals, people that I know that are friends of mine. Uh -huh. I'll take the bowls in and play them a little before or a little after. I had a gallbladder attack and then I ended up having gallbladder surgery. Uh -huh. And the whole entire four days I was in the hospital, I had my headsets on with singing bowls in my ears because wow. I wanted to get out of there healthy and I did. I actually I put, put off the surgery for what, six months? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the surgery so I put it off for six months. I eventually had to have it. But And I suspect we're yeah. going to learn more about the effect of the vibration of sound on us on a molecular level. Mm -hmm. That I, I think we're going to discover that that vibration creates healing on a molecular level. Mm -hmm. we're, we're humming at yeah. a different frequency. Right. I think we're on the cusp of learning that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cells can't heal until they're right. aligned right. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I, I've always, I actually follow somebody on social media. I know I've met him before. He's a local artist in San Pedro, but he, in his loft because he on first Thursdays he has it open there's a huge gong and he has all the awesome. sound bowls awesome. and so I'll see videos of him on Facebook you know doing the sound therapy and um, it, it always intrigued me I've never really what's his name his name is Fabian I love leading other sound healers yes just, oh just, yeah he's he's wonderful. probably he's always traveling now every time I like see him his post he's just across the world just mm -hmm. in this beautiful jungle mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. with people doing sound therapy. <laughs> I've noticed with the folks that I see for uh, addiction issues, mm -hmm. um, they're very drawn to the sound therapy. You mm -hmm. know, I might introduce them to one bowl and then show them what Donna does. And they're very drawn to that whole being, you know, being bathed in a sound bath. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to be a way that resonates for them and speaks to them mm -hmm. energetically that other approaches don't you know, talk therapy doesn't necessarily yeah. reach. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting well, for me to have this available. Right. When you go back to talk about the trauma being locked in the body, mm -hmm. what I've discovered, trauma is locked in the body and sometimes you can't mentally find it. Yeah. You have yeah. to start you with the find body. it through the sound. You have to start with mm -hmm. the body. 
and I've had people lay on my table and laugh hysterically, and I've also had them lay on my table and cry. And scream. And scream. Really? I do oh, scream yeah. therapy with people. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because yeah. sometimes you don't have a word for it, but you have a sound. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we created the room, and the room has a bit of a soundproofness to it. Not completely. Yeah, it's, it's more called, muffled. It's called Quiet Rock. Yeah. It's Quiet Rock. We muff mm -hmm. muffled it so when you walk in there, it feels very solid. Mm -hmm. And I have many clients that I allow them to just scream, yell, bellow, bellow yeah. whatever they need. Because we can't do that in, no. right? in our, yeah. in I our them, home or I in, them, the in the car you could yeah. probably. I but, give them complete yeah. permission. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hurt me. You, you just yell. In the room, I've had some people yell so loudly the gong vibrates. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but she's also their enlightened witness. She yeah. is... She is going with them through that storm. Right. She's bearing witness. And sometimes to I yell that with them. Nobody's been willing to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I will scream with them. Mm -hmm. I'll be right there. Um, I'll hold their hand or not. I'll just hold a safe space for them. Yeah. To be okay. Because mm -hmm. many times people thought I can't be mad at that person because it wasn't their fault. And it's like, my brother passed away at a very young age for me, and it was a horrible accident, mm -hmm. and it was nobody's fault. Right. I didn't realize I needed to process that through that, and yeah. I couldn't be mad at anybody, but I needed to let that out. Or but I you were angry anyway. Yeah, right? I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> or I can't be mad because they'll reject me, or yeah. my parent, or my brother, or, or I'll yeah. lose their love. Yeah. Right? yeah, I have to be perfect for them. Right. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that we're just faced with within, within our lives that I think we're we're not really equ equipped to, to deal with right away. And right. so um, right. I'm just seeing the value of this for everybody, yep. absolutely everybody. So for, for those people who maybe don't, you know, there's that stigma around therapy, you mm -hmm. know, and there's kind of this, oh, that's a little far out, you know, mm -hmm. for, for some mm -hmm. people. What do, you, what do you have to say to those listeners? I have an opportunity for them to come and experience it in a group setting. Mm -hmm. Once a month we do a sound bath and breath work mm -hmm. right here in this room. Mm -hmm. And it's very private and it's usually late afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. And they can come experience <laughs> sound therapy without mm -hmm. feeling like they're, they don't want to go into a private session. Right. Many times after somebody's been introduced that way, I'll get a phone call. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want my own session. Yeah. And there's many other things they can do as well. Another way to approach it is to, and this is very much Irvin Yalom, who is kind of the father of group psychotherapy. Um, he says that therapists are not experts, but they're fellow travelers. Mm. So you can reframe it and contextualize it for folks like this. I don't know any more about you than you do. You're the expert. We're on a path together. Mm -hmm. I can go there with you. Mm -hmm. Let's find out what's there. So more like a coach mm -hmm. or a loving, safe companion, mm -hmm. right? But letting folks know, and this is one of the reasons we don't want the space to look like a medical office. We really want people to feel like, I'm not examining you. You're not under a microscope here. Mm -hmm. And I have as much to learn from you as you have to learn from me. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we learn. Yeah, and, and, and going into a doctor's office, you know, a lot of times, especially if you're dealing with something or you're there for a particular reason, it's because something's wrong, right? There's just kind of this feeling, oh, something's wrong with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's this unspoken feeling that you kind of get when you go into a doctor's office, mm -hmm. like sure. something's wrong with right. me, I have to get it yeah. fixed, you know? Yeah. Where here, it doesn't feel like that at all. No, it just, we, and we use humor a lot mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. sort of change that dynamic. So quite often she'll be laughing or I'll be laughing about something or the pups will make us laugh so that it feels uh, a very non-sterile environment. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. It doesn't feel that way at all. And you know we're, we're letting the client lead and we're going to follow a little bit. Mm -hmm. The most important thing I think in recovery, especially from trauma, is that someone finally hears you mm -hmm finally acknowledges you and honors what you went through. That's mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. And people who come from traumatized families are probably not going to get that in their family. Yeah. So just bearing witness, mm -hmm. my therapist has said, your presence is enough. Yeah, holding space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's sometimes it's enough to, to, to say, like, acknowledge the pain that you went through yes. or acknowledge the trauma you went through wasn't your fault right. or wasn't this or was yes. you know so often yes. wasn't yeah 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 or it's just like this um terrible cycle of events yep. that have just come out you know mm -hmm. um yeah one, I one of the hardest areas to touch 
for folks is shame. Mm. Um, a lot of times therapists may overlook that piece, but it's one of the big stumbling blocks for people who have been traumatized that they often have a tremendous amount of shame around what happened. So as you say, helping them to understand, sweetheart, this was not your fault, and letting them hear that over and over mm -hmm. again, this was not your fault, you did not create this, you mm -hmm. did not invite this, you were innocent in the situation. Yeah. You were not an adult. Mm -hmm. Bring me a picture of you so I can remind you how young you were, mm -hmm. right? Right. That piece is huge, mm -hmm. sort of t taking apart the shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I've learned so much just sitting here with you guys. Um, Thank you for being interested. I really yeah, am interested. I have like a lot more questions. Of course, they're a lot more personal, so I'm going to take it off there. Um, that's, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I think that this is incredibly valuable, and it's it makes me, I'm very proud to know that you guys are here in San Pedro, and that Thank there's you. a place here in our community where people can go who have who have suffered trauma, who have suffered these you know, experiences, and um, and just for regular people who just need <laughs> great. Right. Yeah. Again, we're all going through life mostly, you know, stressed, I think, and unless we press the pause button, and unless we do those things that you guys mentioned to take care of our own mental health, mm -hmm. you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna see any, anything change. So right. this was a really wonderful reminder that we all have to take care of our own mental health, you know, yeah. and that we're not in it alone, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we mm -hmm. hope uh, that we become the go-to center in San Pedro for our, our local neighbors, friends, and family. That, mm -hmm. that this that that's that, that they think of healing octaves and they think of the Artemis Center as your go-to place for healing, mm -hmm. um, and that they realize how deeply we are connected to the community and mm -hmm. how much we care about it. Mm -hmm. And we're proud of the work that we do, and we hope to be role models around the most progressive uh, interventions for treatment. Mm -hmm. We hope to be mavericks in this area so that the things that are gonna be most helpful for individuals, we, we are on top of, right. we have it, we know what's going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or if they are curious about something that they're looking into, we actually have a little knowledge over it and we can help them understand, is that a good therapy for a good place for you to go to? Mm -hmm. Is that something that would help you or are you maybe not quite ready for that yet? Right. Do this yeah. first. Right. Um, are there anything, uh, like, are there any events or is there yes, anything coming yes. up for you guys that you <clears throat> want to share with our listeners? Mm -hmm. So we're launching our teen support group. Okay. And this begins on Friday, May 24th. It's an ongoing group for 12 to 15-year-olds. Um, it'll be 4 to 5 p.m. We do accept insurance. If they don't have insurance, it's $25 per group. Um, this is going to cover uh, topic-oriented issues like mental, emotional, and physical wellness, mm -hmm. handling bullies and cliques at school, managing depression and anxiety, making and keeping healthy friendships, um, healthy self-esteem and body image, being a hero, creating safe schools, mm -hmm. handling peer pressure around sex and drugs. So that'll mm -hmm. be an ongoing group. I'm really excited uh, about that. And that's every Friday, right? Friday. Every, every Friday. Friday. Every Friday. I'll have um I'll have the information mm -hmm. in the show notes, you know, so mm -hmm. I'll make sure yeah. yeah, in fact maybe I can take one of those flyers yeah. and put yes. it in there. And you've got something. And every once a month, mm -hmm. a minimum once a month, and maybe it might do it twice a month, but right now it's once a month, mm -hmm. I do a sound bath okay. and breath work. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's usually on a Sunday. And um I want to do more work. I want to do more more work around groups and seeing how we've only been here a short time. We're still working on the details and how we can fill this room up. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of classes, it's lots of work that we want bath? to do. Yeah, group okay. sound bath. Yeah. yeah. The next one's going to be on June 2nd mm -hmm. at 4 o'clock. It's a Sunday mm -hmm. afternoon. Okay. We're also using this space um, for Long Beach, South Bay, California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. I'm the president-elect uh, this coming July. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be having... Uh, uh, associates, which are pre-licensed therapists, coming in and getting uh, learning on various topics about becoming a therapist in this space. So that's mm -hmm. coming up as well. Um, and then I'll also be working on doing some uh, workshops on somatic psychotherapy and kintsugi, which is the art of repairing pottery with gold, which is a metaphor for healing trauma. So there's okay. some there's some stuff coming up, and we'll let you know about that as well. Yeah, that sounds really yeah. interesting and. 
You can do group therapy for trauma and it really works with people. If they mm -hmm. get together with other people of, of like energy, yeah. it's amazing how healing can happen. Mm -hmm. Well, I can, yeah, I can see that because if you face something in trauma alone and you've just mm -hmm. been alone and maybe in secret and in that shame, mm -hmm. you know, to see other people who are going through that with you has to be a relief. It's or, very healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have lots of plans. Yes, We're we still do. working out the details. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, where can people learn more about your practice? and where can they follow you? So for Artemis Center, it's www.artemiscenter.net, A-R-T-E-M-I-S-C-E-N-T-E-R.net. Mm -hmm. And for my spine healing octaves, it's healingoctaves.com, okay. and it's healing octaves with an S. Okay. <laughs> and um, my website is having a complete changeover. I mean, I have one up. Mm -hmm. I have a new one coming up, so okay. they will. it'll take a great metamorphosis here one day shortly. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's always I, exciting. Because there's a lot of things I want to do with the new website I can't do with the old one, mm -hmm. so that's part of one of my journeys I'm taking down the that road. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's an entrepreneur thing. You yes. Know, yes. You I'm excited about it though. That's actually when I go home this afternoon after my other, I have a client in a few minutes. I'm going to go work on that because yeah. I'm inspired. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you so much. Thank um, you, Amanda. I'm looking forward to having you guys on sometime in the future and um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of things for us to talk about. Yay. Hello, San Pedro. <laughs> Hello, San Pedro. <laughs> thank you so much. It's a thank pleasure. You. Thank you. <laughs>sure to check out the links in the show notes there's going to be a lot of information there so if you want to read up a little bit more about them or um if you want to visit their websites all of the info should be in the show notes and um also if you guys like the episode be sure to give us a five-star rating and if you have a little bit more time we would love to see a review so yeah um thank you so much for listening to the podcast and continuing to show up every week and hear more about your amazing community members um, um, for now, I'll see you next week.